Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Once again, it's another edition of Retirement Elevated Podcast with Sean Lee, Managing Partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving in and around the Salt Lake City area from their office in Sandy. I'm Mark Kellyan, riding along shotgun as usual with Sean as we talk about investing finance and retirement. Don't forget to check us out online at retirementelevatedpodcast.com. That's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. And make sure you subscribe to us while you're there. Share it with friends and so on and so forth, people that might could use a little bit of help when it comes to this. And as always, Sean, thanks for your time, my friend. How are you this week? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Very, very good. I am doing very good. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. And actually, I got a good question. I'm going to hit, I'm going to go right into the show this week. I'm going to get an email question out because it works out well with what you were telling me before we got started with today's podcast that you guys are going to be opening a new branch office or satellite office or whatever it is that you want to call it. And we have an email question from Vera down in St. George, and that's where you guys are going to be going to, right? Yeah, we're in the process of, of opening an office down south right now. Just, you know, as we, as our firm has continued to expand, Mm -hmm. we have families that move down to St. George and we've kicked around for the last couple of years, you know, opening this satellite office that, you know, we kind of travel back and forth to. But when we really started looking at it, we made the determination if we're going to open an office down South, we are going to be down South. And for us, what that meant was we don't want to have a satellite office. We want to have an nice brick and mortar office where we're fully staffed and we've got an advisor down there full time that can answer questions that that can help just that's always there that's awesome so that that's what we did it it took us some time we found some people that that we think are going to be a really good fit they'll train up here for a while then head back down to saint george where they're going to to be office. So it's a really great community. We love it down there. And, and we spend, a, my family and I even spend a lot of time down there. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it worked out well because uh, Vera had mentioned that in her email question. She's like, I can't wait to see you guys soon. So I thought that was a good segue to bring that in. But let's go ahead and address her question. And now Vera, you're a little bit of a, of a doomsday sayer, but we're going to roll with it. So she says, Sean, <laughs> it seems like we've got to hit a market downturn sometime soon. And you know what, Vera, I'm sure everybody in the world's probably thinking the same thing. It's like, when, you know, what's going to happen when, but you know, the crystal balls just aren't working. So let's continue on. She says, what strategies do you think are best for handing, uh, handling, excuse me, a down market for someone in their fifties or sixties versus when I was younger, like in my thirties, looking for advice for me and my son is, which is why I'm asking this question. Well, with her son, who's probably, it sounds like he's in in his thirties. Yeah. Just really simply, you've got some time. Just make sure that your allocation is proper. You know, take advantage of markets when they go down because you're putting more money into it and pick up as many shares as possible of whatever you're buying. Uh, Long term, that will benefit you. When we get to the latter stages of life, you know, when we start to look at retirement, we start to see that, oh man, I've worked my entire life. I've saved as much as I, I could. I've got this nest egg now where I don't know if I can go through another downturn. Things start to change. So, when we start to look at the strategies for handling a down market, what are the best strategies? Well, the first one is having clarity. I know that's not a strategy, but have hey, goes clarity a on way, your situation. Yeah. yeah, understand what you need. Understand what what your math problem is and how your plan really needs to be designed to fit your life. And I, I think that by having clarity, you can really start to mitigate some of those risks mentally. Because 
when we start to get emotional, we start to get scared, we start to listen to the radio or the news or whatever it may be, we start to make, in some cases, rash decisions that will affect us for forever. So have clarity of your plan. Have a clearly defined plan. Understand how you're going to create income, when you're going to get income, where is it going to come from, and have it structured out so you, you know what you're going to do and when and how you're going to drive that. And once you have clarity and you know what your plan needs to look like, build the investment strategies underneath it to solve your pro- that problem of income and have those investment strategies that kind of match up with what your overall plan design needs to be. And that will mitigate a lot of the stress of upside up, up markets and down markets. And then, you know, in, in simplest terms, just have a proper allocation. Now, I know that a lot of what I just said, oh my gosh, Sean, you didn't give me an answer. <laughs> but, but the answer is build a plan. I mean, that's the best well, way. Right. You got a plan, work the plan so the plan can work, right? Right. I mean, I have a, we talked about my, my son, six, plays baseball. Right. I have a game plan for a six-year-old baseball game. And the reason that I do that is so I am structured when I go to the games. You know, kids, we want kids to play multiple positions. We want them to to rotate in and out at proper times. Sure, yeah. So even something as simple as, as a six-year-old machine pitch baseball game, because we want it to be structured, we build a game plan. Well, and, and exactly. we're talking about six-year-old baseball. But you know what? I think that's a great analogy, though, Sean. Really, because that's still something that you know you're trying to make sure that you don't miss, like one of the kids in a rotation, so they get a chance to experience all the different things or whatever the case might be. Same thing with retirement plan. You want to make sure you don't miss something that could wind up causing you know the potential person to not be able to maybe take that other trip they wanted to or do something to help their grandkids or whatever the case might be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a great analogy. I mean, you know, just because it's a machine pitch six-year-old baseball, (laughs) I think it still works. I mean, it's like that funny little saying of the rule of 11, right? We talk about rule of thumbs a lot on the podcast. You know, there's the rule of 72, rule of 100, you know, the 4% rule. The one that always makes me laugh is the rule of 11. And I was like, what is the rule of 11? I couldn't figure it out. And the guy's like, if you can't explain your financial plan, your retirement plan to an 11-year-old, it's too complicated. (laughs) Right. And I thought that was great because it needs to be simple enough that you are understanding it and you can also be explaining it to other people as well right so if you don't understand your own plan then it's there's a disconnect going on so right certainly something to think about well listen that kind of works really well for to have a little fun here on this week's podcast down in my neck of the woods you might hear some of this stuff well okay so we're going to call this famous last words now you might hear somebody (laughs) say you know hey y'all watch this of course in my neck of the woods it's more like hold my beer Right. You've heard that joke, right? So I've got a couple of little financial sayings that we've definitely heard people say, and I just want to kind of get your take on it because hopefully these will not be your financial famous last words, if you will. And I'm going to hop around on the list here a little bit, Sean, on the interest of time. But I like this one because I think this one's pretty appropriate a lot of times. You might hear someone say, I like the security of keeping my money in cash because at least I know I won't lose it. And that's one of those kind of almost like watch this kind of statements because you might not actually be losing it, but you are losing it in a different way. Right. I mean, if it's in a bank, obviously there's the concern of inflation, no interest, being able to keep up with. Right. You're losing money safely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're. You might as well every year cut a little sliver off the dollar, <laughs> and and eventually you're not going to be able to spend as much. But or the other side, I want it in cash. Right. And, and we've got a number of families that that just maintain money in cash, and that's okay. I mean, it's kind of that emergency. I need to go grab it. The only thing I tell them is put it in a fireproof safe. Yeah, please, or your, exactly. Or, yeah. 
or your freezer because if your house burns down, you at least want to be able to get to that money. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother, I only had one grandparent. My other ones had all passed before I was born, but she literally kept hers in her hat boxes from way back in the day. She lived through the Depression and whatnot, and she kept her cash inside the hats inside the hat box. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely folks that do that stuff. But, again, don't let that be your famous last word because, to Sean's point, maybe the extreme of saying a fire or something, but it is possible if you're keeping cash. But, really, a lot of times what happens is people just are losing purchasing power because they're just keeping the money in the bank. And, look, the Fed has ticked it up a little bit, but the interest rates are still, they're not keeping up with inflation. So, bear that in mind as a famous last word, right? How about this one? Now, this one is definitely me, Sean, and I, I, you've yelled at me off air before this, uh, with this before, and so does my wife all the time. But you know, nobody in my family's lived past seventy-five, so I'm not planning on living that long either. Uh, I've already had right. open heart surgery, and I'm not even fifty yet. So I tell my wife all the time that I'm punching out, bef- you know, by seventy, and she gets pretty angry with me. And it's short-sighted, and I don't actually, I don't think I believe it in my heart of hearts. But I have a plan for things to continue on if I do live to 90. You know, I'm being smart about it that way, even if I do feel that I'm going to pass on a little earlier. And if you're in that same boat, that's fine if you feel that way, but be smart, right? Don't leave it to chance and then one day wake up and realize, hey, no, you're just fine and you're going to cruise on to 90 or 100. Well, yeah, it's this, I'm only going to live to 80. Right. Okay, what happens if you spend down your plan? Yeah, exactly. And you mess around and you go to the doctor at age 80 and he's like, man, you're fine. I got some great news. <laughs> yeah, you're in good shape. Yeah. But you don't have any money. And so when we start to look at planning, I'm a plan for the worst and hope for the best kind of guy. It's, yeah. You know, let's plan to be 100 because that's what a lot of statistics are telling us now. And people tell me all the time, Sean, I'm not going to live to be 100. That's fine. But if we can build Or I don't want to live to be 100, right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to live to be 100 either. If I can't get around and still be active, I don't know right. that I want to go down that road. But if you but if you are, you need money because <laughs> yeah. this is all there is to it, right? And if we can build longevity in your plan by creating some segmentation of assets and focusing money for specific reasons and purposes, if we plan for you to be 100 and you mess around and you make it, well, your plan was still successful. But if we plan for you to be 100 and you and you don't make it, your plan was still successful. Yeah. I kind of like, I like those odds. (laughs) Yeah. I like that too. I like that a lot too. That's pretty good. Well, we're talking about, you know, famous last words, if you will, you know, the, Hey, y'all watch this kind of thing. And if I haven't given away that I'm in the South with that, I don't know what'll do it, but either way you look (laughs) at it, there's some funny ones in here, but there, you know, it's really kind of good that you can pull a good nugget of information from this and say, look, it's easy to get wrapped up in that kind of thinking, but Make sure that you're taking the time to make the plan in the event. You know, again, worst case scenario, hey, it's there. You know, if you happen to check out early, well, then your spouse is taken care of. Whatever the way, you know, however you want to look at it, but make sure that you're doing the right things. Another one is, um, well, okay, so to the point of you know living longer, and maybe you do run out of money. Maybe you didn't heed our advice and you live past a certain age, or and now you do need to maybe go back to work. Well, that's a statement we've heard too, right? Well, I can always go back to work if I really need to. Come on, seriously, like be honest about that, right? Yeah, and what are the choices if you exactly if you retire? And not to be condescending no, or anything, of course there's not. there are a lot of people that there are a lot of people that we work with that say, hey, Sean, I'm going to retire. And I'm going to go, I'm going to consult for the first couple of years, or I'm going to, you know, going to be a PRN that's contracted in. And so we, we do work with some families that they're just like, you know what, we're going to retire, but we're not quite ready to hang it up completely. We want to work 10 to 15 to 20 hours a week and then slowly migrate into, into retirement. But the reality is once you get that taste of retirement and if you don't want to go back to work, 
and you have to go back to work, it makes things really miserable. Yeah, Your mindset's already shifted. You know, we've got clients that, that do like working, do want to stay active, but they don't want to be forced to do it. Right. And the reality is the wage scale is probably not, even if you find something you're enjoying, if you had to go back to work, you know, you got to be real with yourself and say the wage scale is probably not what you were making when you were a full-time in the prime of your earning years. You have to be honest about that. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think these are some good uh, famous last words to not say. So I think it'll have a little bit of fun here on this week's episode of the podcast. We kind of really touched on the other one. So I'm not going to mess with that too much. I'm going to give you this last one just because it's my mother <laughs> and let you address this one. But she's one of those that says, I'm not going into a nursing home. Just take me out in the woods and put me out of my misery. <laughs> But that's not realistic. Not to mention it's illegal. <laughs> right. Depending on what state you're in, well, you true. can't. I, We're not in Montana. Ah, uh, just kidding. Or, just kidding. Or Oregon. I, yeah. I mean, the, the right to live or the right to die discussion is, that's a touchy dis- sure, absolutely. discussion. Sure. Absolutely. Regardless of what side you sit on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of people that, and I have got, I've got a, a really dear friend of mine who's an advisor and, and he was telling me a story about a client of his. And they were having this discussion, and and she said, and I won't use their names, but sure, right. she said, hey, do you see this necklace? And he said, oh, it's a beautiful pendant. She opened it up, and inside of it was a pill. And he's like, he's like, what's that? And she's like, it's cyanide pill. No, just she'll be done. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty extreme. But if you get to the point to where you want to be put out of your misery, usually you're not mentally there to do that. Right. That's a good point. So when we start to look at look at that, I mean, we want to be here as long as we're healthy and as long as we can we can handle or take care of ourselves. But the other side to that, if we can't take care of ourselves, there's repercussions down the road. So if you've got a surviving spouse, you know, there's money that's going to need to be spent to take care of you. Yeah, yeah. If you have legacy aspirations where you want to pass money on to your kids, you got to do some forward thinking planning while you're still healthy enough to do it. Yeah, I think we just can't, I think the takeaway, the lesson, if you will, from this week's podcast is you just can't put your head in the sand about any of these topics. You know, we kind of try to take it from a fun little angle of saying, you know, sometimes these are famous last words financially, but the reality is, is that people do tend to put their head in the sand when it comes to certain things and just feel as though if I don't face it, address it, look at it or whatever, I won't have to deal with it or won't find me or, you know, whatever your philosophy is on that. It just can't happen to me. So be smart. Make sure you're taking the time to have the conversations that you need to have and address the things, even if you totally firmly believe that you'll never need them, the reality is that's the kind of person that Murphy's Law, right? If no, for no other reason, if you think it's not going to happen to me, that's exactly why it will happen to you. Right. So, you know, right. just make sure you're doing the right thing. So, Sean, as always, thanks for being here on the podcast. I always appreciate your time. Let me remind folks that if you want to check us out and subscribe to us, listen to past episodes and get updates on future episodes, it's really easy, non-intrusive, very simple. Make sure you stop by the website, retirementelevatedpodcast.com. That's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Subscribe, like it, all that good stuff. Google Play, uh, Apple Play, yada, 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 on and on and on. Tons of ways to do it. Or just give Sean and the team a call if you do have some questions or concerns. 855-50-RETIRE. If you know someone who does, 855-50-RETIRE. Share the number with them as well. Sean, my friend, thank you so much. I'll talk to you next time. Hey, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Retirement Elevated, the podcast with Sean Lee. We'll catch you next time.
Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.